What's going on? And welcome into this week's Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Hope everyone had a safe and happy holiday weekend with the 4th of July. Hope everyone was social distancing, wearing a mask. Um, and I'm glad you can join us here on this Monday. We have a very special guest for you on this Monday. It's Jen Hale, of course, you know, from Fox Sports New Orleans, the NFL on Fox, sideline reporter for the Pelicans. And right now she's in a bubble of her own working for the basketball tournament in Columbus, Ohio, which is airing on the ESPN family of networks. So we're going to kind of get an idea on what that is like as the NBA is gearing up for their own bubble later on in July. First off, Jen, hope you're staying safe. And how are you doing today? Hello, hello. I'm doing well, Daniel. Um, Bubble life is different, but it's going just fine. I hope you guys in New Orleans are doing all right and uh, staying somewhat cool, not too hot. Yeah, we're hanging in there. The rain today has certainly cooled things down, which is which is nice. But yeah, we are uh, all hanging in there, gearing up for some basketball, which is where you are right now dealing with the basketball tournament. I do want to talk about the bubble life that you are living in right now because the NBA will have to do so um, starting this week when teams will start flying to Orlando. So I know you just touched on it briefly, but how are things going in there as far as you just staying in the bubble, kind of gearing up for this tournament? It is definitely different, Daniel. Um, but but it's I, I'll say it, it it's working. I feel very safe. It, it it has been a process though. So this this tournament, they had to shrink it down. How do you do a tournament in quarantine? Well, everything is smaller and on a reduced scale, right? So we have fewer teams instead of it lasting uh, several long weekends over the course of a month. We're doing. Uh, two weeks of play we had to show well first it started with an at-home test before you were ever even allowed to come to Columbus um, so you had to do your at-home COVID test and and get a negative result in order to be allowed to travel and show up on site and then once we arrived on site here in Columbus at the hotel which the basketball tournament has rented out the entire hotel so it's just us um, once you arrived at the hotel it was a pretty detailed check-in process Temperature checks, another COVID test, sanitizing your luggage, uh, uh, giving you gloves and masks, which have to be worn at all times. You had to start by isolating in your room by yourself for at least 24 hours until you got that second COVID test result back. For me, um, the test results were, were delayed. I didn't get mine for about 48 hours. So I was, I was in self-isolation for two and a half days, which got a little bit long. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and then uh, once you got your negative result, you were free to go in the hotel, but you can't leave the hotel. So they've converted the ballrooms into practice courts for the teams, food. Um, you, you have to eat here on site inside the hotel, uh, three meals a day. And they're pretty detailed with the security. There's security at every entrance and you cannot come in and they check your credentials when you leave to go to the arena. The only place you're supposed to go is the arena and right back. And it's serious. You, um, I have another COVID test today. They're testing throughout the, the, the tournament. We'll have done, this will be my fifth COVID test. And any player on the court has to pass at least five consecutive COVID tests with negative results in order to be allowed to play. And that, that has been interesting because we have had five teams with a member who tested positive at some point, And therefore the entire team was sent home because your team is the only 
person only group you're supposed to be around inside the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's safe. It's working. I actually feel safer here than say with my mask at the grocery store in new Orleans. Yep. But, but it, it's, it's a little jarring to watch all these folks have, have to pack up and go home. We had an official who had to go home. He tested positive. And the thing to me was that all these guys were asymptomatic. They all felt fine and were extremely surprised by their positive result. So honestly, every time you take that test, you hold your breath a little bit until you get the results back. And when you get the email, all it says is your test results are in. So, so, you know, those five seconds where you're actually hitting the email button to open it, to read the results, it's, it's like getting your ACT score again or something. Well, here's to hoping that you have another negative test today, but it is interesting to, you know, different from the NBA, one player that has tested positive for the basketball tournament, you're sent home, which for the NBA, there's going to be some quarantine measurements. And we've already seen some teams, including the Pelicans, that have had a few players test positive for it. How are the players reacting to this whole thing? Because I know they've been dying to play some basketball. They've been wanting this tournament to happen. But also with them being in this bubble and probably not having as much of the entertainment part as what the NBA players are expected to have, how are the players dealing with this whole situation there? They have been fantastic, honestly. I think everybody is just so happy to have basketball back and return to some sense of normalcy. Is it fun? No, absolutely not. But everybody understands it's necessary and this is what we need to do in order to safely return to play. Um, Everybody's buying in. Everybody is definitely doing their part. You know, normally this is my fifth year of covering this tournament Mm -hmm. and part of the fun of it has always been it's just a bunch of hoop junkies so before the games and especially after everybody would be in the lobby congregating in the bar with an adult beverage after the game just shooting the breeze none of that is happening this year of course um you're supposed to stay six feet apart from from everybody and and from what i've seen everyone's been doing that they've been adhering to that strictly because No one wants to go home. Everyone wants this process to work and does not want to go backwards in the whole journey to hopefully find some sort of normalcy through this COVID crisis. Everybody's taking it seriously. It is a shorter period than what a lot of NBA teams will have to endure. So that's one of the question marks in my mind. Um, We will be here a total of, I'll be here a total of three weeks. And, of course, for the teams, it depends on how far you advance. Mm-hmm. Um, three weeks is doable. When it's turning into two, three months, I, I think that's going to be a much, much bigger commitment for players in the NBA bubble. Yeah, I think it's, uh, as a lot of the players and David Griffin said last week, I think it's going to be more of a mental test than the physical test when it comes to these players heading to Orlando. Um, from a broadcast perspective, you now we've seen pictures of you know how you've been handling and seen on TV how you're handling sideline reports, interviews with players and coaches. How has that been like? Because obviously you're not used to the six feet apart. You know you have someone holding a microphone for the player and the coach, and you're holding a microphone six feet away. How has that been from a broadcast perspective, dealing with all the you know the requirements and the limitations you're having with interacting with these players? Very odd. (laughs) Um, It's a little jarring. I have to explain it to every coach and player because we're so used to the traditional format, the traditional setup where, you know, I stand right next to them. And, And that's just your natural instinct and your natural inclination, just like 
seeing everybody for the first time this summer, you want to go to hug each other and you're like, Oh no, 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 that's illegal. You can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so I stand six feet away from the player or coach I'm interviewing. And, um, thankfully I have a great partner working with me who has a microphone on a, on a boom stand. So they're also distanced from the interview subject and they just, you know, extend that boom mic over to the player or coach. Um, and we do an interview six feet apart. It is very, um, very non-intimate. You almost feel like you're yelling at them. <laughs> right. And I, I will tell you, Daniel, one of the, the oddest things, and I'm not complaining, if this is what we need to do, then let's do it. Mm. But one of the oddest things is, is not having fans in the stands. The, the arena to me is so quiet, even though I have my earpieces in listening to my, my broadcast partners, um, it feels like you're at a practice or a shoot around. And so they, I really think that's the only reason they can hear me um, is because it's so quiet. I, I, I constantly think throughout the course of this, man, if this were a full arena, there is no chance they'd be able to hear my questions from six feet away. <laughs> So it's it's just a new normal. Everybody getting used to everything. No fist bumps, no hugs, no handshakes. Um, you have to constantly remind yourself, oh, wait, no, you don't do that. So it's something that you slowly become more conscious of every game day. Yeah, I think that's going to be another big adjustment for the players and everyone inside that bubble in Orlando is when it comes to game day, not having fans um, in the stands to react to. And, of course, I'll eliminate basically home court advantage for, for every team that is out there. Um, from the actual basketball side of things, you know, a lot of players are concerned about muscle injuries and the and what the play is going to look like with not a lot of time to train. And I don't necessarily know exactly how long all of these basketball players for this tournament have been training and all that. But what has been – has there been any major injuries from the tournament so far and how have players been dealing with kind of going from, you know, just practicing and training – in such a limited capacity to going out there and playing full games, you know, in, in the span of a couple of days in this tournament? It's a great question, Daniel. Um, I've actually, I've had several NBA coaches and GMs call me to, to kind of get the same, take the temperature of that exact question, mm -hmm. as well as, Hey, what's the bubble like? Any lessons learned, any advice? Uh, this is definitely a, a test situation, a, a trial run of sorts for what the NBA is going to try to do down there in Orlando. Uh, so far, I don't feel like I've seen any more injuries in this tournament than usual. We usually don't have a lot. Which is good. Um, yes, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's been one um, knee injury where the player unfortunately walked out on crutches. Um, I will say these guys are pros pros. So yep. If, yep. if folks aren't familiar with the basketball tournament, it's, the only rule is you can't be on a current NBA roster. So you get a lot of G League guys and you get a lot of overseas stars. And you can make a ton of money overseas. You really can. So a lot of these guys, you know, they, they are used to um, not having that NBA footprint, that NBA structure, and being in a foreign country and having to take care of themselves, their body, stay in shape. Um, so they have come in, in in fairly good shape, each of them individually. Now, uh, it's been interesting to see how the different teams handled this, because sometimes you have alumni teams, sometimes you have just strictly 
overseas star teams. So some teams know each other very well because there's a history and some have never played together before until they arrived here in Columbus. So usually I would say the first quarter, sometimes even the first half, it's a little bit slower as, as these new teams feel each other out, but they know how to play the game and they're very high IQ players. So by the second half, you're, you're, you're back to really good basketball. And I think as the tournament goes deeper and deeper, the more time these guys have had together, the basketball is just going to get better and better. Uh, and hopefully we will not see those injuries. Talking to different teams, um, some of them went ahead and, and had their own training camps. And there was, there was no rule against that, except that, of course, again, you had to take that at-home COVID test and pass. So we lost one team before anybody ever got on site because they had somebody fail their COVID test at home. And so therefore you're done, you're out. Um, talking to two or three different teams who held their own training camps, they went ahead and paid for their own COVID tests during that camp to monitor everybody and did their best to social distance and hand sanitize and all that as much as they could during the camps. So everybody's handling it a little bit differently. I think we're still trying to find what is the best practice, what is the best way. And folks are just going to have to be patient and, and be willing to, you know, feel their way a little bit until we figure out exactly how do you handle this? How do you navigate this in the best way possible? Right. And there's so much uncertainty with this. And, you know, a lot more tests are popping up right now or players are testing positive from from every sport, Major League Baseball and training camps, MLS that's getting underway in Florida, the NBA. But with basically this being one of the first bubbles and it relating to basketball, based on your experience so far, are you at least confident that the that this could work with the NBA for a longer span? I know you know, it's going to be hard because you're not going to be in that bubble in Orlando, but at least you experiencing this does it at least make you feel better or for those that have to go down there that, you know, this could be the best way to, to get basketball back again, but also keeping everyone safe? I do. It's, it's, you have to be ready to commit though. It, it is a commitment. It is not a, um, you know, you travel on the road like I do, Daniel. It is not your typical NBA travel experience where, you're going out to nice dinners and staying in beautiful hotels with full staff. For instance, I've been here now um, just short of a week and a half, I guess. Um, I have not had uh, housekeeping. The housekeeping is, is suspended. Mm -hmm. So all those little things that the players are used to are not going to be there in the same capacity. Um, and then of course the, the big things uh, is the isolation, the quarantine. You're not going to be around family and friends. You're not going to be able to get away from the hotel and go out to dinner, see the city that you're in. Uh, you're going to have to be locked in and, and really want this. And I, I think if, if that's the mindset, they'll be fine. You got to focus on, we're getting basketball back and that's the important thing, but it isn't going to be a walk in the park. It, it, it is going to be very different for me, for instance, um, besides the COVID test and the food, um, I, I'm the only broadcaster here in the bubble. All of my counterparts are broadcasting remotely in Indianapolis. So that has been different for me. Plenty of times, certainly in my 10-year career, I've found myself as the only girl on the road. Yeah. But this is the first time I've been the only person, period, on the road for my group. So every production meeting, every, um, every time we talk, I'm on Zoom remotely, and they're all in Indy together. 
And just from a broadcast perspective, you know, there's a delay in my ear all game long because we're not right there. And yeah, there's a lot of little things that add up to, wow, this is, this is a really different experience. But I will say all in all, number one, I do feel safe. Again, I feel like this is a safer environment than just being at home out in the general public because of all the precautions they're taking. And number two, I still feel like it's worth it, Daniel. It's so good to have basketball back. It's so good to be back to work. Um, I'm totally committed and happy that I did it. And, and I hope and think that everybody else here right now feels the same way. They, they think it is completely, the juice is worth the squeeze. It's, it's, it's not painless, but it's definitely better than the alternative of no basketball. Well, you're doing a great job, that's for sure. And it kind of gives you a little bit of practice uh, for when Fox Sports New Orleans gets back and going um, for Pelicans broadcast. Of course, we don't really know the exact schedule yet from a television standpoint, but your involvement, we know, will be there. How excited are you to kind of, one, you're getting this taste of basketball now and kind of have an idea of how this might work um, from an execution standpoint, but how excited are you just to have some Pelicans basketball back in a few weeks? Extremely. I can't wait. Um, you know, the team was so hot when the season got suspended. I feel like they're ready to pick up where they left off just in keeping in touch with, with most of our players. It seems like everybody was very diligent in staying in shape. Uh, they've got that chip on their shoulder where they feel like they were counted out and under-recognized from the start at the beginning of the season to Zion's debut, at least the first half, where so many national media members were ready to write the poor kid off from the very right. beginning um, until he started draining those consecutive threes, which was just amazing. Uh, they want to finish what they started. They want to prove that they are a team on the rise and a force to be reckoned with. And, and, and I really believe that they're, they're going to do that. Um, Fox Sports New Orleans, we will not be in the Orlando bubble. None of the team broadcasts, to my knowledge, are allowed in the bubble. Uh, there'll, there'll be just a few select national broadcasters allowed in. So we will be broadcasting from the Smoothie King Center remotely, which will be a little different. But, hey, better than nothing, right? Um, Absolutely. So that'll be a new experience for me. I have never um, remotely broadcasted a game before that I wasn't physically at. But we're going to figure it out. We're going to – this will be uh, challenging and – probably make us think a little bit harder about how we can do our jobs in the most creative and effective way uh, in this new environment. And, um, you know, we'll figure it out. Thankfully, the Pelicans are such a great organization. And, you know, Daniel, everybody, everybody gets along so well. It really is like family. I think it won't be difficult to get players on the phone and coaches on the phone and that type of thing to stay really connected with what's happening in Orlando so we can bring the best quality of, of news and, and the most up-to-date information. It'll just be a little bit of a rethink for everybody on, on how, do you, how do you accomplish this. No, absolutely. It's going to be the same way for us with uh, ESPN New Orleans and the Pelicans Radio Network as we'll be there with you inside the arena um, doing our broadcast as well. So it's certainly going to be interesting how uh, all that happens, and uh, we look forward to it as well. Um, before I let you go, you mentioned Zion Williams and the fact that he is 20 years old today is just, it's crazy to think. And you talk about those 19 games that we were able to witness, you know, even in our times covering this team, you haven't seen someone like Zion, but, but I keep telling people, Jen, it's not more what impresses me on the court, but off the court, when you're covering him, what has it been like dealing with such a mature 
person that is just turning 20 years old and has already done so much for the league and for the team in the city. It's, it's mind boggling. You know, when that popped up that he's turning 20 and, and he, he said something to the effect of I'm saying goodbye to my teens that it just, it just hits you that, wow, he's, he, as you said, he's so mature. He has such a great um, social conscience, such presence of mind. Plus he's so big but he's still been a baby you know yeah. what what was i doing at 19 <laughs> not that neither was um, i <laughs> not that definitely not that that is for sure um the the awareness that he's had with the team and and you watch him you watch him especially on the road you know i'll never forget um i think you were with us daniel we were in la and and he wasn't playing yet but he was traveling with us getting ready to make his debut and start playing again. And, and we're in LA, it's the middle of the day, we're just arriving and there are these grown men chasing the bus mm -hmm. just to get a look at him, I guess, to get a picture of him, to try to get him to sign some sort of autograph. And I was shocked. I've, I've never, again, 10 years doing this, I've never seen it to that extreme. Um, and he just took it all in stride. He's always so kind. He's always so uh, genteel. Uh, I really, I admire the presence and the way he carries himself. The fact that he really does not get ruffled. And, and if this was him at 19, I can only imagine at 25 and 30, um, as he matures and, and grows into a full man. Um, and then the fact, you know, when this COVID stuff broke out, gosh, it, it became trendy. It became, I'm not knocking it, but it, but it became um, the thing for, for different superstars to, to chip in and offer some sort of help to their community. Zion was at the forefront. He did it before it was the thing to do. Um, so, so you just get the sense that it was very genuine and very from the heart and that, yes, he thought one of his first thoughts when all this unfolded was, wow, all those men and women who I chat with and talk with at the arena every game night, what are they going to do for money? How are they going to eat? Uh, and I just, I, I think that really speaks to who he is and isn't New Orleans lucky to have that as our superstar. Well said, Jen. We're very lucky to have him. And you're right, dealing, watching him interact with fans at every city, every hotel, even inside the arena when he was warming up before he wasn't playing a game. Um, signing autographs for kids and fans there. It's been remarkable to see. And now uh, it'll be remarkable to see how uh, the Pelicans do here in these eight games. And hopefully we're able to cover some playoff basketball come mid-August or so. Jen, I really appreciate the time. I know you're really busy right now at the basketball tournament. I really enjoyed watching you and the broadcast crew there and seeing some basketball back. Um, please stay safe. Um, best of luck the rest of the way. And I can't wait to see you inside the arena in about three weeks. Indeed, Daniel. Stay safe. And uh, thanks so much for having me. It's always wonderful to talk to you. Absolutely. Well, that'll do it for today's edition of the Pelicans podcast. We'll have a special episode for you tomorrow. I'm not going to exactly give out who it's going to be, but a very important Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky is yours tomorrow here on Pelicans.com, the mobile app. And of course, you can download the show on iTunes. Until tomorrow, for Jen Hale, I'm Daniel Sowers. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day.